Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. You're about to arrive to the right place. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Ellen and Aaron Sportsbook Are you ready for it? Now, here is Ellen and Aaron. Good evening. Welcome to the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Really delighted to have you listening in tonight. It's now 9.30 Eastern Standard Time Zone, August 27th, 2021. Glad to have you tonight, and tonight we're going to have a great show for you. We're going to have something really exciting for you. I did want to let you know that my co-host, Aaron, unfortunately, could not be in today. He celebrating his birthday weekend as well as his son's birthday weekend. So he had some something happening with his son tonight, so he couldn't make it, but that's okay. Because he has here at the Allen and Sportsnet Radio Show, <clears throat> the show must go on. So we're going to have a great show for you tonight. Anytime you're welcome to join in the discussion, phone number is Clint, 516-5572. And that's 516-418-5572. Love to hear your opinion. You agree or you disagree, please let me know. And you can always listen to us on iHeartRadio. We've got a jam-packed show for you tonight. A lot of great things happen in the sports arena. And we'll start with the NFL. Uh, Jameis Winston did go ahead, former Buccaneer player. And got very, very popular. It was a 30-for-30 30 30 man, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, not too long ago. He actually won the starting job over Tyson Hill to start for the New Orleans Saints. I mean, that is unbelievable. That is unbelievable. Very impressive. I mean, you got to give the guy credit. He took a, a back seat to become a backup for, you know, Drew and in Drew Brees, and now he's going to be starting. He beat a job out from Tyson Hill, who they pay a lot of money for him to be the scoring starting quarterback. He did start quite a few games last year, talking about Tyson Hill, and. He actually was a guy that I picked up late in the year as a fantasy football pickup. And to have Jameis Winston beat you out, I mean, Jameis Winston, I would say this much. I know he he does have that stat of 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. But I, I do think he's going to be very good for New Orleans. And the reason why I say that he is an accurate thrower, he does have a strong arm, he does have some developmental issues is the only thing that he needs to work on is that he doesn't go through his progressions. And one of the mistakes I did see that he made quite often here for the Bucks was that he would always lock on Mike Evans, number one receiver. He would lock on him and just throw to him. We have a call in line. Let's go ahead and take that call right now. Welcome to the hey, Island and Network Radio Show. Hi, fellas. Hey, how you doing, Lou? How you feeling tonight? All right, I had some extra time, so I got so I thought I get a chance to call in. 
I'm so glad you did. We always appreciate you. Really glad to hear from you. Thanks. Anytime that you have, it's always a pleasure. So definitely, I'm, I'm glad you called in, and I wanted to. I'm glad you called in at this time too, because I want to get your thoughts on what did you think about the Saints alluding to go to selecting Jameis Winston and starting quarterback. Yeah, that does ruin me a bit. I mean, Winston still seems like he's immature or whatnot. I think the Saints are taking the big gamble. I mean, you know, I know they need to get somebody who, you know, to replace Breeze, which by far, in a way, is not going to be easy to do. But uh, Winston, you know, I'm kind of I'm iffy about that. I know what you're saying. He, he he does have the thing with the interceptions. He's like he'll give you one interception, but he'll also get a touchdown. Yeah. And he'll he'll he has a a problem with holding on to the football too. That's one of the things that when he played for the Bucks, it drove me crazy. That it's very easy to swap the ball out of his hand and just get a turnover. But the fact that he beat the job out from Tyson Hill, Tyson Hill is just yeah. You give him credit. You got to give him credit. You know, yeah. they paid they paid Taysom Hill a lot of money for him to be the guy. I was I was a little surprised that they decided to go with James Winston to start the season. I, I'm not surprised that, that is Winston, a surprise. It yeah, I was surprised that. I thought they were gonna stick with Taysom Hill at least at the beginning of the year to see how he does and then if he falters, James was gonna get an opportunity. I didn't think James was gonna do the reverse and start the year. So he must have had a very, very good showing, and he'll probably get poorly. What do you think? Yeah, but but uh, one other thing I think even more surprising than that um, is I got to think I got to think I got to feel sorry for the Bears though. Oh, okay. uh, who's going to be the starting point for Week One? Why? I mean, like, all the quarterbacks. Andy Dalton, come on. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, they're starting to – the Bears are starting to Andy Dalton in week one. Yeah, that is yeah. good news. No, it's yeah. tragic. Yeah, I mean, the Bears – you know, that's the interesting thing about the Bears. The Bears have usually a very good team, but they seem to self-destruct. Mm, until now. Until now, yeah, they seem to self-destruct themselves. But it's it's just amazing. They did win their you know they did win their first preseason game against the Dolphins. But what do you think about Andy Dalton? I think he he has a lot to prove. Forget about it. <laughs> and my brother, my brother is a Bears fan, so all I can say about this is my condolences. Yeah, I mean, you know what? They pay him a lot of money, so they're gonna give him a chance. And yeah, you gotta you gotta kind of feel for the guy. He, he put himself in a position and he got the job. I mean, over Justin Fields. Yeah, I mean, I would have took a chance at Fields. I would have took a chance at Justin Bieber, to be honest with you. But still, you know. <laughs> ooh, ooh. So you think Okay, I was bad. <laughs> so you think Andy Dalton's gonna be a bust? Oh, of course. 
So who has a better shot, Davis or Andy? Who's got a quack and flip? <laughs> well, in the old in the old case of pick your poison, uh, I'll take my I'll take my chances with Winston. I agree with you on that. I would take my chance with Winston because they have a lot of weapons in New Orleans. I mean, you got Kamara in the backfield. You know, I don't know what's going to happen with Michael. You know, they we have mm. some dispute, but they have a very good team. I mean, Winston aside. New Orleans, if you just make plays and you don't turn the ball over, you already have a very good shot of winning the game. That's all you got to do is not mess up and just give it to your playmakers. Get the ball to your playmakers if you're New Orleans and you have a very good shot of winning that game because they they have a star-studded team. The Bears have a, a very good team but not the same level as New Orleans. So, yeah. I agree with you on that. I I think James has a better shot <laughs> than Andy, but you never know. I also want to. I think I want to. On the on the Yankees, how do you think the Yankees are going to fare out this year now? Yeah. What do you think about the Yankees now? Their chances. <laughs> better than they were about two months ago. <laughs> even though they're still four and a half, even though they're still four and a half back of Tampa, I mean they have really poured it on. And I'll tell you right now, I think with the uh, additions to uh, Rizzo and uh, the other when they came in, I think it's, I think it's improved a lot. Bottom, Joey Bottom. Yeah, I think those two additions that we got from the trade from the uh, trade deadline, you know, helped their offense a lot, and that's how we're winning these games. Sometimes all it takes is, you know, a change in the lineup, and it can do wonders. And again, on the other hand, if you make the wrong trade, you're going to crash and burn. I mean, look at the Mets back in April and May. I mean, they were solid. They looked like they were going to run through the division, run away with everything, and they would probably win like 100 to 110 games. Now, forget it. Now they're four games below 500, and they can't even win anymore. Even at home. You're absolutely right. The bottom dropped out already. Oof. Yeah, you're right. I mean, seven and a half back. They have a losing record now. That's being the Mets. I'm talking about. And, and that division has a very good division. We got the Braves and the Phillies. But, yeah, the Mets, the bottom fell out. And they still are so promising. It's a real shame. And yeah. But the, the Yankees are doing great. You know, they won yeah. 10 Won their last ten in a row and they're on fire. Twelve. Twelve. Twelve I'm sorry, that makes it part. You're right. Twelve. Twelve in a row. And, and that hasn't happened back. since the year that Maris hit sixty one home runs. Yeah, they're on fire, man. They're clicking. And which leads me to the question that I'm gonna ask you is that do you think with what happened with Aaron Boone, do you think coaches should be allowed with COVID going on? to get in umpire faces arguing balls and strikes? Well, the old thing is you can't argue balls or strikes. I know what, you know, Boone is trying to do, but, you know, the umpires in the final say about that. I mean, you know, he'll make a good argument about it, but that rule will never change, no matter how you look at it. It's never going to change. 
Yeah, exactly. I, I'm yet to see in in all my years of watching baseball that an umpire overturn a ball or strike. It never happened. I, I like to overturn an umpire football. myself. <laughs> I mean, because you know, even though they have the penalty, you know, a lot of times they do make the wrong calls and they get away and they get away with it. I mean, I've seen some calls where it's oh, uh, there was a a ball they called a strike. I'm like, no, no, because as most baseball fans know, umpires are blind as bats. I mean, is anyone going to admit to that? Now, from MLB, no. But the fact is, most of them are. Yeah, I mean, they. they <laughs> it's not an easy game. I used to umpire, not professionally umpire, but right. It's it's not it's not an easy game. I mean, balls nowadays coming in up up to a hundred. Some guys throw over hundred miles an hour, and you have split seconds. Guys frame pitches too. So it's not like you can call it if you miss it over the plate. Guy can frame it really good too. So it, it is not it's not easy, and you, they're human. I mean, they're human. It is going to be some close calls. I always was taught when I played little league, if the ball is close with two strikes, swing the bat. Right. Swing the bat. Like if it's close, swing your bat. Now, of course, you know, someone called you strike and you get your first strike because of a close call, but at least you're not out. You're not out. If this close, right. you have two you got to swing your bat. That's my thought. You know, swing your bat. Like, don't don't let him. The worst thing you want to do in, in baseball is get called out with your head on your shoulder. So what do you have for, yeah. for your shoulders? Well, where should I begin? Of course, we're going to talk the last week of the college football, uh, the last week of the NFL preseason. Uh, we'll do our picks for the real week one, uh, minus the cream puff schedule. Uh, <laughs> we'll discuss baseball with the parent raise. That's what they call this week, the, the uh, cream puff schedule. Why not call it exhibition like everybody else does? Uh, well, of course, we'll cover with MLB with the parent races as well. Uh, NBA, because there's still a lot of moves there. Uh, well, we've been covering some boxing and um, wrestling news because I wanted some people to take on SummerSlam that happened last week. Oh, wow, wrestling. That's, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know you did that. Yeah, SummerSlam. SummerSlam, okay, cool. That's awesome. Sounds like you got a great Yeah. Line. Hope you guys get a chance to call in. If you can. Yeah, I should have sometime tomorrow to go ahead and do that. So, yeah, that's five to be a seven great my time. time. Yep, five to seven Eastern Standard Time Zone Enhanced Sports Show. Right. For those folks who who don't know, whoops, gotta get the number five one two five four three four six six two. Repeat again five one two five four three four six six two. Now, last week I had my highest total of the season. And I was just just short of breaking my all-time record. So this week, I want to beat it. There you go. He's got a goal, guys. You guys got to call in. Five, one, I had two. 11 or 12 people last week. That was my all. 12 was my all-time high. This week, if I get everybody's cooperation, I'm looking to beat it. Man, you, that's awesome. You, you're doing great. Big things there for Lou. You know, he, he's looking to set records, guys. You guys got to help him out and support him. A personal uh, record. I don't know about all-time record for the network, but it would be a personal best for me. Yeah, I mean, that's something to shoot forward to. I mean, definitely. 
You're going to be talking about You should have seen when I first started out. I almost had nobody. <laughs> now you got a whole, uh, you got a whole more than a football, uh, more than a baseball team. Well, technically, yeah, because I can't have more than 11, uh, 11 people on the field. Oh, oh boy. Okay. <laughs> womp, womp. <laughs> That's awesome. But it's true. You can't have more than 11 people on the field at one time. Okay. Yeah, you learn something new. That's yeah. awesome. And, oh, yeah, we'll also do some Little League, too, because the uh, American final is uh, tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. The, the little guys are doing big things, so that's a good thing to keep them up. Unfortunately, my team is out. Oh, yeah, what is your Little League baseball team? I didn't know that. Well, close to my area is possible, even though it's not uh It's about an hour south of here. Tom's River. Tom's River, okay, yep. yep. They usually that's in Monmouth County. They usually that's in Monmouth County. I'm up north. But it's the closest thing we got to a New, to a New Jersey baseball team um, playing in the World Series, and we're out. In fact, um, Todd Frazier, his nephew, was playing in that game uh, last week. Huh. Well, I guess I, I guess we found out where he learned from, from Uncle Todd. Wow. So, yeah, the, the baseball, Little League Baseball, man, I, I love it because that shows you the – And actually, he won, he won that title in 97. Yeah, I mean, winning a, a Little League World Series is impressive. I'll tell you that right now. Got a lot of competition. I was disappointed. Yeah. But, you know, I was disappointed when they didn't have it last year, even though I'm not a kid never played. Like, but that's a shame that you had to punish the kids. What are you referring to? That you know, the last year they didn't have didn't have the World Series, you know, and it, was, it felt like you were punishing the kids, and I wasn't happy about yeah. that. Yeah, because of COVID and things like that, and yeah, it's unfortunate. That's the you know, that's the world we're living in now. It really is. Uh, this COVID thing is just when you think it was going away, it come came back strong. I'm only ha- I'm only half vaccinated too. Are you getting your next second shot soon? Yes. Of course, I don't know how I'm going to feel after that, but, you know, because I heard that the second shot could be worse. Yeah, that's that's what I've been hearing from most people is that the second shot is is doozy. The first one isn't so bad, but the second one is what really gets you. So, yeah, the first one was bad enough. The first one was was bad enough for me. I mean, my eyeballs bulged out. I mean, I grew with I grew with like uh, extra nose hairs. Like, oh, it was awful. I even see some guys walk out with a tail. Ugh, it's horrible. Wow, <laughs> it was like a freak show. Oh my god. I saw a half man half. I saw one guy have I mean, a half man half alligator. Oh, wow, it's awful. <laughs> and speaking of awful, we were just talking about the Mets. Guess what? They're losing again. Oh, yeah, the Mets are in bad shape, man. And this is at home. Yeah, one thing about baseball, and once you fall back and you start losing your confidence, it's just a domino effect. That's what it is. Your nerves, you get frustrated real easy. Baseball is one of those things, when you start sliding back, 
It's very hard to get back on track. And yeah. it, they're running out of time because we're getting towards the end of August now. If they really want to make a push for, for making anything, they got to they gotta get hot. So they got to take it one game at a time. Well, let's yeah. see. You have, uh, what, 45 games, I think, left in the season. Mathematically, yeah, it's still possible. But, you know, you went from riding high in, you know, late April and early May, and look what you've done since then. I mean, this is like a comic tragedy of epic proportions. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely falling apart. But you still think they can make it? I mean, mathematically, they're not eliminated. They have time. Mathematically, yes. But realistically, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, numbers don't lie. You got to go in there and do your and thing. Who thought that Atlanta was going to catch up? I mean, I thought after, you know, they lost their star player, I thought they were done. Yeah, Atlanta's got a good team, and they know how to win. That's the thing. They know how to win, and they have the they have playoff experience. So they they're a team that come down the stretch. You can't you can't ignore them. I'm not surprised about Atlanta doing their thing. I'm just more something like you. I'm more surprised that the Mets really really faltered so poorly. Really shocking. Yeah, I mean, you know, I thought it was going to be like 120 wins or something. I thought maybe it was going to be a repeat of 86 or something. Now, uh, it looks like it's going to be almost as bad as 62. Yeah, they're, they're falling apart. Well, maybe and, not that far, but you get the idea. Yeah, I mean, they still have time. I mean, if they get hot. Come to think of it. But they got they got to start by Back in the 2002 season, they were right on. They were right near Atlanta, um, just a game, just like a half game out or a game out of first, and then that, just, and then that horrible losing streak just took over. They lost the, the next 12, and they never recovered from that. Yeah, you're right. And the worst collapse of all, 2007 season, they were a shoe in to get to the postseason. All they had to do was win one of their last seven games of the season. Guess what happened? They lost every game that whole week. And Philly won, I'm like, I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. Yeah, that's a colossal collapse right there. <laughs> that was the greatest collapse since 1951. Yes. When you start turning your bat into sawdust by squeezing that bat so hard because you're nervous. <laughs> That's what happened. Or 1978, you know, when the when the when the Red Sox, you know, had like a a 15 game lead, and then the Yankees caught up and and beat them. I mean, this is gonna be a, this could be another epic collapse. Yeah, I mean, you got a good point. Any NFL predictions you have? Well, still it's uh, preseason, but you know when we get to the regular season, I think I'll have more predictions. It's gonna be tight this this um, this season, I think. But our first opponent with the Jets, uh, well, I think it might be a little easier now because now that Brady is going over to Tampa, I think it's gonna make it a little bit better for us. 
but their defense is weak, and, you know, they really got to shape up that. We lost three guys in the past week due to injury and whatnot. And what's your NFL team again? The Jets. Yeah, I mean, you know what? You got a great coach, and I expect them to, to have a pretty decent year. I mean, it takes a while before you to be at the very bottom of the pile in the NFL to flip it and be, you know, one of the studs in the division. But I do think they're going to have a pretty good team. It's yeah. the, top. the coach, man, if the coach can do to get guys motivated and fired up. So, Lev, if he can do hey. that, they have a shot. If you want a really bad game tomorrow, oh, boy, do I got a really bad game in college football for you. What game is that? UConn and Fresno State, because UConn is terrible. <laughs> yeah. UConn yeah, cannot play football. Yeah, they need to stick to basketball. You're right about that. I mean, yeah. that, that, team, that team is pathetic. <laughs> so the Jets have a good shot. I think, I think the Jets are going to do pretty good this year, I think. Yeah. I got a good feeling about Illinois start things up tomorrow. Can't wait. Should be a great season. So excited with college and fall and starts up. Always exciting. Yeah. But yeah. Little links. Little links to be found tomorrow. Nice. Yeah. So. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm ready for college football tomorrow. I'm ready. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Make sure don't forget the football because uh, it's going to a lot of Saturday. That's for sure. Well, all I can yeah. say is it's about time. Yeah, it seemed like it, it seemed like it went quick this year. I like I like the fact that they only have three preseason games. I actually do like that. You know, three piece three. Games and then the season starts, so it feels like it's a lot shorter now. Yeah, but you know, I mean, the college season because it starts tomorrow for real, so well, sort of. So that's going to get in the way, and I'm looking forward to it. <clears throat> yeah, me too. It's going to be a great season. But yeah, we'll definitely make sure you guys call in tomorrow between five and seven Eastern Standard Time Zone. The Lou show, support him. He has a lot of he has a great show lined up for you guys. 512-543-4662. And that's 512-543-4662. The enhanced sports show. Tomorrow between five and seven Eastern Standard Time Zone. But yeah, it's always a pleasure having Lou in our time. show. Eastern Standard Time Zone. That's right. Eastern Standard Time Zone. Make sure you check out Lou. He wants to get that but record. Some people won't get that right. <laughs> he wants to get that record. He wants to cut that goal. So make sure you support him. Yeah. Want to get that goal? Yeah. At least want to get him before Labor Day. There he go. <laughs> and I'll, I'll definitely tell Aaron you called in. All right. All right. Thanks, Lyle. Oh, you're very welcome. My pleasure. It's always a pleasure having you. You have a great weekend. Thanks.
If I get yeah. if I get time after my uh, Friday show next, I'll give a call. If I have time, please do over. so. We'll be sure to have Absolutely, you're always yeah. welcome. Because in addition to my own show I host, I'm also part of you know co-host of, of other different podcasts you know throughout the week, and you know. Um, because it's basically, it should be from nine to ten, but sometimes we manage to go over, you know. But I do try, but I do try to squeeze you in, because you know we're live, and of course, as most people, live uh, things do tend to go over. They do, <laughs> you know that as well as I do. They do. We're not as long as the Academy. We're not as long as say the Academy Awards or Stanley Cup playoff game, but long enough. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. That was bad. <laughs> Hey, uh, you got a great show. You got a great show. All right, Alan. Thanks. Oh, you're welcome. You have a blessed weekend. Oh, great guy, Lou. Always a pleasure to have Lou on the show. One of our regular callers. Definitely appreciate Lou. And definitely don't forget to support his show. But he had some great insight he uh, gave us. And then definitely we're going to continue on. We're going to talk about some other things here. I just wanted to unpack that just a little bit about the Major League Baseball coaches allowing to argue balls or strikes. I think you automatically are ejected when you argue that, but I just think they might just think about suspensions because it's COVID going on. I mean, you can't ignore the fact. I mean, Aaron Boone got right in the umpire's face. He didn't have a mask on. The other guy didn't have a mask on either. And I just think that's something maybe the league should consider to, to investigate a little bit more on. But I'll leave it as that. And then uh, one big news that happened in Major League Baseball this week, me and Adam talked a lot about this during the week, about tops. They decided to discontinue, check this out, folks. They decided to discontinue their relationship with top baseball cards after doing business with them for 70 years. 70 years. Seventy years, you had a relationship with Tops, and they decided to come to an end. I, my feeling on this is, I can kind of see this one coming. And the reason why I say that is because Tops, I look at them as being old school. I mean, I know that they they did some new things to kind of keep up, customizing cards and things of that nature. But I did feel some of the other competitors had nicer baseball cards, quite frankly. Uh, one of the things I didn't like about Tops is that um, I felt like they were easy to bend the corners. The brand that I really loved that came out was much later in the game was Upper Deck. I loved Upper Deck baseball cards. They had the jersey cards. The cards had a lot of gloss on them. My One of my favorite baseball cards that I got, was an upper deck rookie Ken Griffey Jr. card, and I still have that card. And I remember opening up the pack, and that was a card that my brother wanted bad, I wanted bad. I bought a pack. My brother was like, you ain't getting that card, you ain't getting that card. And it had to be like the third card I flipped over was a Ken Griffey Jr. card, rookie card. Beautiful card. (laughs) 
my my brother was in, in disbelief, and he I opened it right in front of him, so he saw it. It was just unbelievable, like the third card on the deck, and that's the card that was like the that was the card to get when Upper Deck came out of the year. And it, it was the card to get. It was Junior Rookie card. Card still has good money. I mean, it, it didn't go into the. I think right out of the pack is worth near thirty five, hundred dollars right out of the pack. So if I would have sold it right then and there, I would have got thirty five bucks. And I think the pack was only like a dollar or two. But I kept it, and the price fluctuated up to about one hundred and twenty five, hundred and fifty. Now it holds still. The last time I checked, about a hundred dollars. It never really went much higher than what it was when you got it out of package, just simply because they did have quite a. It wasn't as hard to find of, of a card, so that was a really downfall. <laughs> but you know what? I'll take it. So upper deck, they were doing some great things, and the company that took over is going to take over, I should say, for tops, is Fanatic, uh, Fanatics. And they're a very good company. I like what they're doing. They do a lot of apparel, Fanatics, and um, I, I shop with them. And they have Funko Pops, special Funko Pops that they have and that you can only get from Fanatics. And you know what? I, I'm looking forward to what they have to offer. I, I think I – think Tops to me was a little old school, and that's all fine, but I think sometimes you have to grow as a business. I, I think you can be old school and kind of stick to your roots, but you have to kind of kind of like branch off of that a little bit. Like have your old school flavor, but also add some of the new stuff so you can be com- more competitive. And I think Fanatics is going to do a great job. I really am excited about them. I know they're going to release some great cards. And some some more Funko Pops. I have the Tiger Woods Fanatics Funko, and you know what? I'm excited to see what they have to offer because they're a great company. They have great apparel. They think outside the box with their apparel too. It's not just you know shirts, jerseys, and pants. They think out of the box golf golf wear, and it's really cool what they're doing. They even have ugly sweater. <laughs> Christmas ugly sweaters that they have that are really cool too. So, congratulations! You know, one one of uh, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Fanatics is going to be the next company taking over for tops, and I think they're going to do a great job. So, congratulations to Fanatics for getting that big contract. And I did want to go ahead and talk about one more thing here in football that I did uh, want to bring to attention that Urban Myers, his college, you know, college football startup small, and, and his style is wearing on some of the guys in the NFL. They feel as if they're leaving practice too tired. And I just have to say in this situation, what did you expect? I mean, Urban Meyer is a – College coach, he hasn't coached in the NFL yet. That's what he knows. That's what's been successful for him is the coach guys hard and practice hard. I didn't expect anything different coming into the NFL. And the players, I mean, you know what? Urban has to learn just like 
some NFL players got to adapt. So, you know what? It's going to be one of those things that you have to kind of go through. But the ultimate thing in the NFL is if you're winning games or not. And that's to be determined. So, leaving practice tired, I mean, that's okay. You're leaving tired. That's what practice is supposed to do. You get two a day, then it's not easy. It's hot. It's hot in Florida. So, you get paid a lot of money. And there's a lot of guys that's willing to put in that type of work. They released Tim Tebow, and I'm sure Tim wouldn't be complaining about leaving practice and being tired. So it is what it is, fellas. You got to put up with it. We'll see how it goes and see how the team does. That's the ultimate thing. One thing about Urban is that he's a winner, and he's doing it so that his team can be in the best position to win. So you just got to ride the wave. You you couldn't expect anything different. I didn't. So it is what it is. Just uh, be thankful that you're, you can make it to the finish line and not be one of the guys who get cut because there's a lot of guys in the NFL who would love to have your job. So you always got to think about that. And we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit about golf here. You know, Bryson DeChambeau had a huge day today. He shot a score of 60 at the BMW Championship. Amazing. You know, one of the things about Bryson that just boggles the mind to me is that you get so many people that want to hate on this guy. I mean, the deal was this. He shot a 60. Which, let me tell you something, shooting a 60, shooting a 70 or 80 in golf, it's not easy. You have to stay away from shooting basically a double bogey. You you can't make a, a, a shot that's really so far off and then really have too many bad holes. You, you really can't have more than, I would say, one, possibly two, and that's it. Your margin for error is so razor thin on every shot and every hole. What happened was Bryson had a very good opportunity to shoot a birdie on his last 18th hole. On that hole, it was a six-foot putt, and he missed it. He ended up getting par, which gave him a 60 versus a 59. He had one last stroke had he make that par. I'm sorry, made the birdie. And people kept going on and on, even in interviews and people on Instagram and, and social media. Oh, we should have made that punt. You know what? There was a lot of shots in there that he made that he probably thought, gee, I was really, really, you know, fortunate to get that shot in. There was some long putts that he made. And, yeah, he did miss one that was relatively close, but – Hey, you know, I play golf too, and getting a six-foot putt to get a birdie is, is not its not a shoe-in. It's not a slam dunk. You can misread a uh, putt, think it's going to break more than it does. When it ends up staying straight, it happens. The guy shot a 60, which is an outstanding score, and then um, what it is is people want to harp on the negative, and even in interviews, they were getting on about shooting a you know, the, he would have joined the 59 club. That's what people do. And I love his response. He's just kept it positive. 
And that's what you got to do. Unfortunately, with golf, man, there's a lot of ego involved in golf. One of the most irritating things, a lot of jealousy. It's really, really supposed to be a gentleman's game, but I have an 80-20 rule when it comes to golf. 80% you meet are jerks in golf, 20% are cool. That's how, I, that's how I look at it. Just like a business, 80-20 rule, 80% of the people make up, you know, 20% of the people in your business make up 80% of the profit, those top 20 performers, 20%. 80-20 rule, I believe, goes same fact with golf. 80% of the golf are jerks, not cool, 20% of them are, are real gentlemen in class acts. Listen, you show, you go ahead and go to the BMW to that golf course, and you can shoot, I'll even say, in the 70s. I wouldn't even say in the 60s because I know most people are not shooting in the 60s. If you shoot a 70 in that golf course without fudging a store, without cutting strokes, really legit, keeping an accurate score, without fudging like you're playing poor ball, and you shoot a 70, I'll give you a props. And not only that, I'll even go a step further. You legitimately shoot a 70, at the BMW golf course, you could be a guest on our show. Let me know that it's legit. Don't try to fudge. Don't uh, miscount the, the balls you hit in the woods or on the lake. Count those shots. And if it's 70, you could be a guest on this show. We'll talk about your experience shooting it. A lot of haters for Bryson. The guy's a great golfer. This course is a little bit shorter course for him which means that he could drive the ball and be right there near the green or, or right on the green as, as strong as he is with his drive. You know, it, just because you shoot a great score one day, unfortunately, golf, it doesn't mean that you're going to shoot the same score the next day. But I just hope that uh, he holds on and wins this tournament. You know, I just it's unfortunate all the hating he gets. But when you have a great day like that and you're in the lead, you got to hold on. So it's hard for you to shoot – two sixties in a row is just being realistic. I learned that from Tiger Woods. He said, hey, if you shoot one phenomenal day of golf, you know, don't expect that the next day. And it's not that you're going to shoot really bad, but, hey, you had a great day of golf. So I wish Bryson the best. I hope he does close out this tournament. He's got to hang in and grind tomorrow. And then I think he has a very good shot to win this tournament. And he can do it. He just needs to keep doing what he's doing. You know, ignore all the haters. I can't believe you get a guy that can drive the, the ball just like <laughs> Happy Gilmore, and yet you get all these haters. And the reason why you get all these haters is because they can't do what Bryson's doing. You know, that's like uh, <laughs> Pitbull said, don't hate me because you hate me. That's, that's what Bryson said. <laughs> so... Congratulations to Bryson on a huge day. I hope he does close out the tournament, wins the BMW Championship. We'll be following him on the show. One guy who did win a tournament this uh, past week was Tony Finau. You know, I got to give Tony credit. I got to give him a lot of credit. It's, it's been five years since his last win and for him to, to win that tournament was outstanding he was playing against john rom a guy who won the masters who's definitely just flat out balling right now doing big things in golf 
and him and Tony were going back and forth. And what it was is that Tony made some incredible shots. He looked so poised under pressure. He made some really, really good shots. It's not that John Rom let the pressure get to him, but he just made a few poor, poor shots. And Tony Finau was just playing lights out golf. He didn't give you much of a window of opportunity to catch him. He was just so poised under pressure, made great shots, put the ball in the fairway, and that's what he did. He just he just played some excellent golf. If you want to play great golf, you got to hit the drive in the fairway. You got to hit a very good approach shot, and then you got to hit an excellent putt. Then, you know that's if you're playing a par four. And Tony was just uh, unbelievable. I watched a lot of that tournament. Congratulations for him to get one. You know, it's just, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, Tony Fina has been on tour for a while now. I just think that I just hate that now that he wins, you get all these people jumping on the bandwagon. But the guy's been on, he's been a very good player, just not, you know, be closing out the show, but he finally did. So congratulations to Tony Fina on his huge win. Going to give him another round of applause because, uh, Five-year drought is a five-year drought. <laughs> and he went, after, the champ, after he won the championship, he went ahead and got McDonald's. So, <laughs> you know what? You got to treat yourself some good junk food when you win a big tournament like that. And uh, we're going to go ahead and just uh, switch gears and talk a little bit about, about boxing now. A lot has happened in the last weekend and now coming into this week with boxing. What's going on in fighting in boxing is uh, we have Jake Paul versus Ty- Tyrone Woodley fight that's just coming up this weekend. It's going to be a, a pay-per-view and big fight. You know, Jake Paul always is a big draw, whether you love him or love, loathe him or love him. The guy puts up the big numbers as far as pay-per-view and viewership and interest. And Tyrone uh, Woodley, I just, you know, Woodley is going to be fighting Jake Paul. I just don't see it. I, I think Jake Paul is going to win this fight. I think it's going to be a, a pretty easy fight for, for Jake Paul. And it goes back to what I was telling some people on Twitter and what I was saying before that if you are a guy that's just a novice fighter just starting, want to get a payday because you fight Jake Paul, expect to get a loss. Quite frankly, you'll get paid, but you're going to lose the fight. Jake Paul trains hard. He trains in Miami where guys can't train him to give him good advice. And he's been doing this now for, what, a year and a half, two years now. So, if you're a guy who's just a novice is starting, you're not going to beat Jake Paul. He's got a great right hand, and he's got a lot of boxing skills now. He's developed a lot. You know, Woodley just doesn't have the boxing experience to really put up a good fight this weekend. I think he's a bigger, stronger guy than, than Askew, but the result's going to be the same. He's going to get knocked out. I don't see Woodley winning this fight at all. I think Jake Paul's going to win an easy fight. I think where Jake Paul might run into trouble is he starts to fight more experienced boxers. But right now, he doesn't need to. 
He's have a great market of fighting guys who just want to challenge him to get a payday. And that's what's happening with Woodley. You challenge him to get a payday. You're going to get your payday, but you're going to lose the fight. All the junk you're talking is great, but Jake Paul is not going to lose to a guy just starting out. I mean, it's just like a beginner in golf. is Unfortunately, it's not going to usually beat someone who's, who's more versed. That's just not going to happen. You know, you're struggling to make contact. And even if you can make somewhat contact, you're worlds behind someone who's been doing it for a long time and been doing it well. So Jake Paul gets an easy win. I got him beating Woodley. And I got this This prediction is I have Jake Paul knocking Woodley out, knocking him out. So that's prediction on that fight. I did want to recap the Pacquiao versus Ugas fight. That was a huge fight that happened last weekend. I did pick. Pacquiao to win this fight. I did think uh, he was better, a better boxer than Ugas, but I was mistaken. Ugas actually was a lot better boxer than I thought. And where I give Ugas a lot of credit is he didn't make the rookie mistake. He didn't. Pacquiao could have still won this fight if Ugas kind of came off the golf, uh, came off his game plan and fought more of a Pacquiao-type fight where he was engaging him a lot. Ugas did the right thing. He did what you're supposed to do when you fight a guy that you have the height and reach advantage over, which Ugas did have. He had a clear height and reach advantage over Pacquiao. When you're fighting a shorter fighter who can't hurt you on the inside, as a taller fighter, the best way to keep him off is to throw the jab and never let him get in close to you. Keep him away from you. And if he does sneak in, grab him, hold him, let the, the referee break you up. Don't let it happen again. Keep throwing out the jab. Ugas actually did a very good job throwing out the jab. He would throw out a double jab most of the time to keep Pacquiao off. And then he had a really solid right hand to follow up with it. So Pacquiao <clears throat> couldn't really get inside. He was getting on box. Pacquiao seemed like he was looking to just brawl this fight instead of box. And after the fight, what was discovered, <clears throat> Pacquiao basically said that his legs got tired as a uh, Post-game interview, a post-fight interview, he said his legs were tired. He couldn't really move. So he he um, tried to engage. And you could clearly see something was up because he tried to use his feet work, his angles. He was just trying to brawl. And I had to figure something was, was up because he did that early in the fight. I figured it would change up to boxing, and he really never did. So we just got a big, big, big win. And Pacquiao got a loss. And, you know, Pacquiao to be, uh, he, the way I look at this fight, <clears throat> from Pacquiao's standpoint, is like this. If the thing that to me that carried the most amount of weight was the fact that Pacquiao said his legs were tired. And that right there to me had nothing to do with Ugas. It had to do with yourself. What I'm saying is basically that is a sign that farther time is starting to catch up with you. Pacquiao trained really hard for this fight. If your legs are tired, 
that's something to consider because to strongly consider when you're thinking about retirement because the last thing you want to do is to have that situation happen again where your legs get tired and then you're fighting another top contender and you could really lose a fight a lot worse if you're just relying on, you know, brawling instead of boxing and not using your angles. Plus, after the fight, Pacquiao did get spoon-fed, you know, by, his, I believe it was his mother. But, you know, as much as I love Pacquiao and I think he's a warrior, I definitely think he's, he's a GOAT. He, he needs to surely consider what his next steps are. I won't say he needs to retire. I won't go that far. But I definitely do think he needs to seriously consider it. You know, it's, it's not that um, he did anything really bad by taking on spike. Most guys wouldn't. He, he showed a lot of heart. But at the same token, unfortunately, Father Time is undefeated. So I think that the, the uh, writing's on the wall, and he needs to consider what he's going to do next. But I don't I, – the, the fact that he likes tired – and I know it could be a one-time thing, but that's a real gamble you're taking to go back in the ring to find out, hey, did my legs fail me because it was just not my day or my legs failed me because it's fall the time. You don't want to find that out in the ring against your next competitor. And speaking of competition, that's what we're going to talk about right now. <laughs> That is one of the worst things in life that you can do is miss on a golden opportunity. Your life doesn't have too many opportunities. One of the greatest lines that Eminem said was if you had one shot for one opportunity in one moment to seize everything you ever wanted, would you capture it or just let it slip? Errol Spence and Bud Crawford let a golden opportunity slip right through their fingers by not fighting Pacquiao. And the reason why they didn't fight him, in my opinion, was really the fair failure. Let's talk about Bud Crawford first, and then I'll talk about Spence. Bud Crawford is doing everything he can to retire with an undefeated record and it's almost like he's going even further than Mayweather in fighting like nobody, literally nobody, and nobodies to hold on to a perfect record. Whereas his skill set is beyond that, and really he should be fighting guys that are better competition. Because you are not going to get the respect from people just because you have a good record. You have an undefeated record, but yet you're not fighting anybody in the top five. The people are not are not foolish. They can see that. And Bud Crawford, he was trying to protect his perfect record, and he had a golden opportunity to fight Pacquiao, and he blew it. He let the fair failure overshadow his talent and his skill, and he just didn't give it a try. And had he fought this version of Pacquiao, he would have had a very good shot of beating him. Yes, he doesn't have the length as Ugas. Probably going to get hit a little bit more than Ugas. But without Pacquiao being able to move, 
he would have had a very good shot of winning the fight. I would say that much. Pacquiao and being Pacquiao, who he really is, it would have been a much tougher fight for him. But this version of Pacquiao was a bit easier of a target to beat. So Bud Crawford via Bob Aaron blew a golden opportunity to fight a goat on his way out for paycheck and statue because of fear. The fear of failure. Guys, you always miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Always miss 100% of the shots you don't take in life. you got to give it a try. One of the things in life that you got to do is just go for it and say, at least I gave it a try. I could never say what if. Bud Crawford and Errol Spencer would be haunted with what if. What if I did fight him? What if, what, what, what would have happened? What if? You went ahead and fought him, there wouldn't have been a what if. Now, that's Bud Crawford. Last time I was here, Bud Crawford was real quick that I did post on social media as a joke. There was a picture of Bud Crawford running up a bunch of stairs. He was at the top of the stairs, like an infinite number of stairs. And I said, as a joke, there's no way I would train that hard and only fight on Twitter. And that's what Bud Crawford is doing nowadays, just fighting on Twitter. Having said that, we're going to switch gears and talk about Spence, Errol Spence. Okay. Now, Errol Spence did at least sign up to fight Pacquiao. He went through the motions of fighting Pacquiao. But I could tell you that that eye injury was very convenient for Spence, that that came out right before the fight. Because I originally, when the fight was first announced, I said Spence was going to win the fight. But as the fight got closer, I could clearly see, night and clear as day, that Spence did not want to fight Pacquiao. You could see it in his body language. You could see it in his, in his actions. You could see it really in, in his body language and also the way he went about his business leading up to this fight. He looked very frail. He, you know what I'm saying? That injury could have been like something that he had already and just used it as a crutch. I don't know. I don't think he faked the injury. But I will say this much, that injury came at the right time. It's almost like you really don't want to do something in life. And then right when it gets close for you to actually do the the deed, something happens that gives you somewhat of a good excuse. And you use that excuse as a reason why you didn't originally want to do something anyway. You tell people that good excuse but in your heart of hearts, you really didn't want to do it anyway. So you're kind of glad that excuse came up because you was trying to look for it out anyway. And that's how I look at, at Spence. You didn't really want Pacquiao to fight you. You really didn't. And let me tell you why. You didn't want Pacquiao to fight you because there was a lot of footage that Pacquiao put out there, which was very different than most of Pacquiao's fights, of his training. He had looked so fast. His feet work looked so good and so great. It's unfortunate that same Pacquiao in the practice didn't show up for the Ugas fight. But 
during training camp, he showed people that he was ready for this fight. And I think indirectly, Pacquiao was really pumped up and hyped up to fight Spence when he got the news he was fighting Ugas. Let's be real. I mean, it's not an excuse, but I do think there was a little bit of a, a psychological letdown for Ugas. I'm sorry, for, for Pacquiao. I'll talk more about that in a minute. But back on Spence, when the first press conference had, when they were looking like rush hour, Spence looked very, very, very nervous. And I've been in press conferences, so I can tell you the Allen and Aaron Sportsbook Radio Show has been in press conferences. We've been in several. He looked more nervous than any fighter that I see coming into a fight, point blank. You know, his body language, you could just tell he wasn't ready for it. You know, it's one of those things, be careful what you wish for. You know, Alex Rodriguez was wishing that he got a date with Jennifer Lopez. I don't know if he would still feel the same way now, but that's what the man said. Sometimes in life, you've got to be careful what you wish for. You know, don't go chasing waterfalls like the song says. And there's a chance where he wanted to fight Pacquiao, they get close to prime time. And Errol Spence wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. He was not ready. He was not ready. He was not ready. So that eye injury to me was a was something that came was good timing for Errol. And I, I doubt Errol's going to get another opportunity to fight Pacquiao at this point. I really doubt it. And quite frankly, if I'm Pacquiao, I would not fight him at this point. Meaning, like, let's say six months he gets healed and he's ready to go. If I'm Pacquiao, I'm seriously considering retiring. Because if you do lose another fight, you could lose it poorly. And not only that, you could be 10 double digits. Your legs being tied is definitely a glaring, glaring thing. So Spence and Crawford missed a big opportunity. The point in life is, guys, don't let the fear of failure supersede your chance of winning anything in life. You won't know until you give it a try. Don't have what-if questions. Spence and Crawford, they they blew their shot. They blew the opportunity. And, um, you know, that's that's just unfortunate, but that's what happened. And uh, when it comes to boxing, you got to take advantage of opportunities that are presented, which uh, now the next thing is with – Pacquiao now, you know, with Ugas now being the guy, it's very interesting to see what happens now because guys now really have no excuse not to fight each other. Pacquiao, for all intents and purposes, is going to more than likely step down. Ugas is a guy who wants to fight Spence. And um, I don't know if Spence will beat Ugas. Uh, you know, that's going to be a tough – he's going to be a tough out. If Ugas is prepared and ready – and he's not coming in there, you know, kind of like, I'm the champ, I'm going to take this fight off. If he comes in hungry, Ugas does have an advantage. He's a tall welterweight, and he's getting better. He looked a lot better boxing-wise than he did against Sean Porter. And I, I just think uh, he's going to be a tough out. And I just think with his height and range, I think he could give Spence a lot of trouble. So it's not gonna get easier for Spence, but yeah, in life you gotta you gotta be careful what you wish for. 
So that's that's the Ugas and Pacquiao fight. You know, a lot of great things also <laughs> in boxing is that uh, we have uh, some fights here. I did see here that we have Alexander Dias has a fight coming up in September. We have Nico Ali fighting also later this year. We're going to try to give you those press conferences for both of those fights. I already have some. I already have my question already lined up for both of those fellas, so I already know what I'm going to be asking them. Hopefully, we get a chance to get into those press conferences and ask them those questions. That should be a great thing for you, for us to get ahead and speak to the guys. And I did want to let you also know on boxing. As of right now, I do have, which is going to be a big fight coming up, versus. You know, we have here the Bronx Bomber against Tyson Fury. And as of right now, I got I got the Bronx Bomber winning this fight. I, I got him winning this fight. And the reason why, I just had this fight not be delayed. And it got delayed because of Tyson Fury's camp. It was also, they said Tyson Fury, too, had contracted COVID. The late fight, I would say, about two months, two and a half months. There's a lot you can learn in two and a half months when it comes to the skills in boxing, especially if you have a very good trainer. Yes, you may not be as technically sound as a guy like Tyson Fury, who's a technical boxer, but you can learn a lot in two and a half months that can put you in a very good position to be very competitive. And had the fight been two, two and a half months sooner, I would have going to say Tyson Fury is going to win the fight pretty pretty easily. I don't think he's going to win this fight, actually, now. I think the time lapse and the opportunity that he had to beat the Bronx Bomber kind of went away. I think in two and a half months, he's, the Bronx Bomber is going to learn enough to give you a change in the type of guy you're going to see for the prior two fights. And I think he's going to He's going to find that shot that he's looking for. I don't think he's just going to look for that one shot. I think he's going to set it up, and I do think he's going to box better. But I think that big shot is going to be coming. And once he hits you with that big shot, it, it, just like we saw in the first shot, first fight, no matter who you are, you're going to go down. And I think the Bronx Bomber is, is very motivated, and he wants to avenge that loss. And had this fight been too much sooner, I think he would have been able to go ahead and, and he be Tyson Fury with the fight convincingly. I think I think Tyson Fury is going to lose this fight. I really do, and I think the time, extra time that they gave that they gave to the Bronx Bomber is going to be the big difference. So we're going to I'll keep you up to date if my mind changes on that. But I got the Bronx Bomber winning that fight, and also in boxing we have some other great news coming up. You know, we have, uh, speaking of Bronx Bomber, I'm going to see if I can go ahead and get into that, that press conference as well. But we have a lot of great guests that are we're working on to get on to the Allen and Aaron Sports Up radio show. That's going to be coming up. We're working on that. And definitely big things happening. I got a nice uh, big uh, week to start. I, don't, I won't tell you guys what it is, but I'll tell you on Friday next week. So listen in. There's it should be, I have something planned. That should be great news. Hopefully, 
things work itself out. I am working on that. We have good weather, and I'll let you know what it is. But right now, I got something that works for you guys that I'm going to post on our Facebook page. And also, we have great guests coming on. Please uh, follow us on iHeartRadio. Also, if you do me a great favor and uh, like our Facebook page, it's really appreciated. It's where you keep up to date with the shows. We always put the links right there. And we always put the phone number you can call in to, to save. Let me give you that phone number for those listeners. It's 516-418-5572. I repeat that, 516-418-5572. That save that in your phone. That's the call-in number if you want to be a guest on our show, you want to talk about something you agree with or disagree with, please do so. We'd love to hear your opinion. And uh, just like Lou, uh, you know, definitely one of our regular callers. Really appreciate Lou. Thank you for calling in today during the showtime. Aaron should be back next week. And uh, definitely, he's my counterpart. You should hear from him. But we're going to have a lot of great things coming on. <clears throat> the Allen and Allen Sports Talk Radio Show. I'll keep you guys posted. In the meantime, you guys have a great weekend. Definitely be safe out there. You know, definitely be safe. Whether you're vaccinated or not vaccinated, be safe out there. Look out for yourself. And uh, when we look out for yourself, meaning safety-wise, be kind to others. And uh, till, uh, till we talk again, this is Alan from the Alan and Aaron Sports Up Radio Show signing off. And I hope you guys have a blessed, blessed weekend. Take care of yourself and be well. Thank you for listening to the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Podcast. Subscribe and check us out on your favorite social media platform. Thank you.